Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. Folks, if you don't teach your kids the Lord's songs, the world will teach them its songs. The brand new high contrast hymn book is designed to help you teach your children the most beloved songs of the Christian faith. Its captivating illustrations will create special moments of truth, goodness, and beauty in your home every day. To get a copy for your family, go to www.highcontrasthymnbooks.com slash FLF. That's www.highcontrasthymnbooks.com slash FLF. For our first story of the day, Tucker releases bombshell January 6th footage showing everything the media and Dems said was a lie. New video released by Tucker Carlson has revealed that once again the liberal media and Democrat establishment lied about everything when it came to the events on January 6th, 2021. I'm sure a lot of you already knew this. But still, it's nice to have the evidence. Among the revelations from Carlson's reporting was that the man that has become the face of January 6th, the so-called Kanan Shaman, was that was led through the Capitol building by police the entire time he was in the building, including them escorting him to the Senate floor. This is contrary to the media portrayal of him as a violent insurrectionist. We're going to begin tonight with footage that shows you what was actually happening inside the Capitol. The footage does not show an insurrection or a riot in progress. Instead, it shows police escorting protesters through the building, including the now infamous QAnon shaman. Watch. These are the pictures you've seen of January 6th. They're familiar because they've been playing on a loop on every media outlet in America for the last two years. There's a reason for that. But it turns out there's quite a bit of video you haven't seen. And that video tells a very different story about what happened on January 6th. More than 40,000 hours of surveillance footage from in and around the Capitol have been withheld from the public. And once you see the video, you'll understand why. Taken as a whole, the video record does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. In fact, it demolishes that claim. And that's exactly why the Democratic Party and its allies in the media prevented you from seeing it. By controlling the images you were allowed to view from January 6th, they controlled how the public understood that day. They could lie about what happened, and you would never know the difference. Those lies had a purpose. They created a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Our office wanted to ensure that there was shock and awe that we could charge as many people as possible. The first thing you notice from viewing the full video record of January 6th is just how many people entered the Capitol building that day. Hundreds and hundreds of people, possibly thousands, over the course of about two hours. The crowd was enormous. A small percentage of them were hooligans. They committed vandalism. You've seen their pictures again and again. But the overwhelming majority weren't. They were peaceful. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists. They were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the Speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol. They obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. These are not rioters. These are people who wandered over from a political rally. We will not let them silence your voices. 
After the rally, they walked down Pennsylvania Avenue, where organizers had secured a federal permit to hold a legal rally on the grounds of the Capitol. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Once at the Capitol building, things began to get chaotic. Capitol police officers fired tear gas into the crowd. A few at the front of the herd broke windows. Someone opened the doors, and many hundreds of others just walked in. Of course, they did make it the story. And at the center of it, the single most famous person arrested that day was a Navy veteran from Arizona called Jacob Chansley, often referred to as the QAnon shaman. The so-called QAnon shaman. QAnon shaman. Someone named Q shaman. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show the Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would he have shot him? Shoot him. Shoot him. It makes you wonder, who are the violent extremists here? Not Jacob Chansley. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. The people sitting in the chairs need to be sitting in a jail cell. Chansley is in a jail cell. He's been there for months. If he was, in fact, committing such a grave crime, why didn't the officers who were standing right next to him place him under arrest? Until now, no one could even prove that even happened. But it did. In perhaps the damning revelation, the extent to which Democrats lied about the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick was worse than initially thought. Not only did they lie about him being beaten to death by protesters, when in fact he had died of natural causes, he was captured on video alive after he was supposedly murdered. He was also seen wearing a helmet, making it even more unlikely that he died of a head injury, as some falsely reported. And several police officers in the meantime... But Brian Sicknick should not be reduced to a prop for the political ambitions of the Democratic Party. He was a human being. The facts of his life matter, including how he died. To this day, media accounts describe Sicknick as someone who was, quote, slain on January 6th. The video we reviewed proves that is a lie. 
Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. Whatever happened to Brian Sicknick was very obviously not the result of violence he suffered at the entrance to the Capitol. This tape overturns the single most powerful and politically useful lie that Democrats have told us about January 6th. And it was indeed a lie. There was also new footage that also proved that Ray Epps, who was widely suspected to be a federal informant who helped instigate January 6th, lied to the January 6th committee about when he left the Capitol that day, though the committee didn't seem to care much about him being lied to when it came from Epps. You go into the Capitol! Under public pressure, the January 6th committee finally interviewed Ray Epps. Epps told the committee that he never entered the Capitol and therefore never committed a crime. His text messages showed that at 2.12 p.m., he boasted to his nephew that he had, quote, orchestrated the protests at the Capitol. He admitted he helped get people there. Yet, curiously, congressional Democrats consider Ray Epps an ally, not an insurrectionist. Tonight, we can tell you that at the very least, Ray Epps lied in his sworn testimony to the January 6th committee. Epps testified that when he sent the text messages to his nephew, he had already left the Capitol grounds to return to his hotel room. That is not true. The surveillance footage we found shows that, in fact, Ray Epps remained at the Capitol for at least another half an hour. You're seeing that on your screen now. What was Epps doing there? We can't say. But we do know that he lied to investigators. The January 6th committee likely knew this, too. Democrats had access to the same tape. Yet they defended Ray Epps. No honest investigation would do that. But the point of the January 6th committee was never to investigate anything. And I encourage you to go watch Tucker Carlson's full video for all the details. Moving on, let's go to New York City. Mayor Eric Adams. Businesses should require customers to unmask upon entering to help fight crime. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has called on the city's business businesses to require unmasking upon entry. The move comes as authorities have noted mask wearing in public places has made it easier for criminals to obscure their identities. Quote, we are putting out a clear call to all of our shops. Do not allow people to enter the store without taking off their face mask, Adams said in a recent radio interview with 1010 Wins. And then, once they're inside, they can continue to wear if they so desire to do so. But we need to use the technology we have available to identify those shoplifters and those who are committing serious crimes. At a February 28th press conference concerning a jewelry store robbery in which police say a 78-year-old worker was brutally beaten by the suspects, one of them masked New York City Police Chief Jeffrey Madry called on the city's business community to require unmasking as a condition of entry. The NYPD is here to work for our businesses, but I have to ask our businesses to be just as proactive as well. We're seeing far too often where people are coming up to our businesses, sometimes with masks, sometimes with masks, hoods, and latex gloves. And then we have a robbery of some kind or property being stolen. Mattery explained that unmasking could serve as a peace offering to workers. Fox 5 reported Monday that police had linked the murder of a 67-year-old bodega worker during a robbery to three other robberies. Police say that in each case, the suspect was masked. Staying in New York City, New York City spends $10 million per day to house 
and feed illegal immigrants. New York City is having to deal with an immense financial burden as it continues to spend millions per day to provide housing and food for thousands of illegal immigrants, with the city having received minimal aid from President Joe Biden and New York State Governor Kathy Hochul. The city's emergency management commissioner, Zach Iskell, disclosed the high cost during a city council panel meeting where he said that the Department of Homeless Services and Health and Hospital spent on average, reports the New York Post, $363 per day for a single illegal migrant shelter and food. Over 30,000 illegal migrants are currently housed in the city's taxpayer-funded facilities. The Post reported with that bill accounting or amounting rather to over $10 million per day. City Hall told the Post there are 12,700 households currently in our care, with the minimum daily cost of taking care of the illegal immigrants being placed at $4,622,800. Iskell warned the city's council committee on contracts that the city is at the end of its resources and the situation is not sustainable. The temporary humanitarian emergency response and relief centers set up by the city to deal with the influx are not viable solutions, he said, emphasizing that the city has reached out for help from both the state and federal governments. Very little has been provided by the state or the Biden regime in terms of financial aid. Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, provided the city with a mere $8 million in December, which is not even enough to cover two current days' costs. City Council Minority Leader Joe Borelli expressed frustration with Borelli stating that the Biden administration should take responsibility for the situation and provide financial aid to the city. The New York National Guard has been deployed to a minor degree to aid with the influx of illegal immigrants. Hochul has promised $1 billion in aid to the city for the crisis in her state budget, though the city will have to pay a third of the amount. The federal government has yet to commit to funding any amount of aid. From New York to Iowa. Iowa bill would bankrupt all college diversity programs. An Iowa bill introduced Sunday would end higher education institutions' diversity programs, prohibiting colleges from spending money on such efforts. House File 616 would prohibit public higher education institutions governed by the Iowa Board of Regents from funding diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, efforts and would bar the universities from hiring DEI officers. The bill introduced by the Iowa Committee of Education would require the money that would have been spent on DEI efforts to go towards merit scholarships for lower-income and middle-income students. Universities are not permitted to spend any grants, tuition, endowments, and gifts on DEI policies, programming, training, activities, and positions, the bill stated. Under the legislation, the state's attorney general can oversee the university's efforts to axe diversity efforts and punish the schools if they fail to do so. The legislation comes among other education efforts within the state. The legislature is considering an Iowa bill that will prohibit teachers from giving lessons relating to gender identity in K-8 through public and charter school classrooms. In January, Republican Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds signed House Bill 1 into law, creating a school choice program that gives vouchers to students outside of the public school system. Quote, the Board of Regents opposes the bill, Josh Lehman, Iowa Board of Regents Senior Communications Director, told the Daily Caller News Foundation. We have concerns with the bill's language and impact and will work with legislators directly to address them. We will continue to track the bill as it makes its way through the legislative process. The Iowa Committee on Education did not immediately respond to the DCNF's request for comment. 
Did you guys know that you can sign up for a club membership, a magazine subscription, and tickets to the Ark Encounter all in one place? That's right. That's some cross-pollination right there. FightLaughFeast.com is your one-stop shop for everything cross-politic in the Fight Laugh Feast network. Here's what you should do. You should sign up for a club membership, then sign up for the Ark Encounter for a $100 discount off your purchase, and then sign up for a magazine subscription all in one fell swoop. We've even got our own social media platform built into our website now for club members. Once you're a club member, you'll get access to exclusive content like a Bible study series with Pastor Toby, a special series with New St. Andrews President Dr. Ben Merkel, all of our backstage content, and even all of our conference talks with more to come. There really hasn't been a better time to be a cross-politic club member. Sign up today at FightLaughFeast.com. That's FightLaughFeast.com. Before we go... Let's see how Canada's doing. Trudeau pledges $5.5 million to fight disinformation after accusations the CCP infiltrated Canadian elections. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced that he will appoint an independent special rapporteur who says he will have a wide mandate and he will make expert recommendations on combating interference and strengthening our democracy amid allegations that his government ignored recommendations from CSIS noting concerns about candidates connections to the Chinese Communist Party. Trudeau said that foreign interference was felt in US and France's elections in 2016 and 17 respectively. In the last couple of weeks Canadians have been hearing and reading a lot about the issue of attempted foreign interference, particularly from China, in our elections. There have been questions raised about our democracy, our national security agencies, our parliament, and even our sovereignty. These questions strike us to the very core as Canadians. Les Canadiens portent attention à ces questions parce qu'ils savent que protéger notre démocratie, c'est extrêmement important. We all agree that upholding confidence in our democratic process, in our elections, in our institutions, is of utmost importance. This is not and should never be a partisan issue. I understand that people want answers and Canadians deserve reassurance. I will get to the details in a moment, but today, I'm announcing that I will be appointing an independent special rapporteur who will have a wide mandate and make expert recommendations on combating interference and strengthening our democracy. But first, I want to lay out some of what we've been doing and will do further to continue to protect our democracy and our institutions. In Canada, we believe deeply in the values of freedom, openness, and dialogue. These values are not universally shared by every government around the world. Indeed, I don't know if in our lifetime we've seen democracy in a more precarious place. Many state actors and non-state actors want to foster instability here and elsewhere to advance their own interests. We have long known, and an independent report confirmed it again last week, that the Chinese government and other regimes like Iran and Russia have attempted to interfere not just in our democracy, but in our country in general, whether it's our institutions, our businesses, our research facilities, or in the daily lives of our citizens. 
This is not a new problem. But before we came into office, there was no dedicated process to counter foreign interference in our elections. We saw the impacts of foreign interference in places like the United States and in France during their elections in 2016 and 2017. These threats evolve and continue to evolve. We took big steps to protect the integrity of our democracy. Things we did in response to the changes we saw around us because that's what responsible leadership does. Trudeau then announced that $5.5 million would be invested to build capacity of civil society organizations to combat disinformation, adding that disinformation often generated abroad can be a real threat to our elections and it's a threat with the federal government cannot combat alone. And finally today I can announce that we're investing $5.5 million to build capacity of civil society organizations to combat disinformation. Because we know disinformation, often generated abroad, can be a real threat to our elections, and it's a threat that the federal government cannot combat alone. And that is your news for today. This has been your Cross-Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a club membership, a magazine subscription, or a trip to the Ark Encounter, head on over to FightLaughFeast.com. And remember, the Ark Encounter's early bird pricing lasts until May 1st. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about the Ark Encounter, or if you want to become a corporate partner of Cross-Politic, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For Cross Politic News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day, and Lord bless.